think they're too young for bonds, but are bonds truly dependent on your age? Today we speak with our experts to find out. Hi, I'm Sarah Chia from Bond Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we talk about new bond issues and hold discussions on a fixed income market. Today we have with us two guests. So first up, Ko Yangzhi. Hello. <laughs> Director of our investment advisory team at IFAS Global Markets. Yangzhi has been in the financial advisory industry for seven years and is well versed with you know, not just bonds, but the needs of clients, young and old as well. Um, we also have Lim Teng Chong joining us today. Hi. Hi. <laughs> He's a fixed income analyst from the Bond Supermart team at IFAS Singapore. So in this episode, we're going to address some of the queries that we get from a lot of young adults. I'm sure you, you get quite a fair bit. Yes. Um, are they really too young for bonds? So um, today to start with, um, Yangjun, maybe you want to go first on this. Yeah. Um, how can young adults decide on their portfolio allocation? Yeah. Okay. So in my experience, right, the interesting thing is that when it comes to investing, uh, most young people that I speak to, they only mm. talk about stocks. Mm. So we talk about allocation over here. Uh, we are talking about the equity to fixed income mix, right? Mm. Uh, so there is this general rule of thumb for young investors to uh, you know take reference from. It's called the rule of hundred and ten. So basically, right, how do we actually uh, calculate uh, this this allocation? Is to take one hundred and ten minus the investor's age. So for example, right, let's say today if I am uh, 25 years old and I want to start investing, right? So what would be a good mix? I'll take 110 minus 25. So that would give me 85, correct, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, 85. So which means, right, I would have 85% in equities and mm. 15% in fixed income. Okay. Right. And then on, on, on the other hand, let's say if I'm, a, uh, you know, I'm an elderly, right, more senior investor, right? Okay. Uh, I'm about to retire and I'm 60 years old, mm. right? So at this point in time, I take 110 minus 60. Mm. That will leave me with 50, right? Which means at this point in time, a suitable allocation would be 50% equities, 50% bonds. Okay, but I, I mean, that being said, this is uh, a rule of thumb. End of the day, I think the, the age is arbitrary. It's mm-hmm. more of uh, the willingness and uh, the ability of an individual investor to mm. take risk. Right? Is that risk tolerance, right? Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Yeah, the more conservative you are, the, the more bonds you should have in your portfolio. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the I think that's the general idea for, yeah. for all of us as well. Think John, yeah. how do you feel about that? Mm, yeah, I also agree. Yeah, like uh I feel like uh your portfolio allocation should be mm. determined by your risk tolerance. Uh. So if you are more maybe a less of a risk taker, you, you, you want to allocate more into bonds. Mm. And um, yeah, I think the rule of one, uh, 110 is a, yeah. is, a good, is a good measure uh, of how, how much uh, mm. bonds uh, some, uh, an individual need. And uh, uh, yeah, but the common strategy that most people also follow is also the 60-40%. So it's uh, 60% yeah. stocks and 40% mm. bonds. Yeah, but I, I guess like right now, uh, people are more... Uh, I guess bullish, more, more, more <laughs> bullish yeah, into equity. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that 60, yeah. 40% slowly become, you know, yeah. uh, more 80, 90, uh, even 100%. Yeah. yeah. Especially so, for the young, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, so I think, you know, following up on that and then tying it in with your mm. 110 rule, it seems that young adults or younger people are adv- typically advised, eh, don't take such a big position in bonds. You know, um, do, do you find that to be true? I think especially since, well, the, the, the logic backing this is that, oh, if you're younger, you have um, a longer time horizon, you have more room for, for mistakes or mm. for dips in a market. Yes, what are yes. your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's uh, 
partially true, mm. right? Uh, young investors generally are advised to take more risk, right? Mm. As you have mentioned, <laughs> right? And mm. as mm. indicated by the rule of 110, right? Because they have a longer horizon, uh, they actually can afford to take more volatility and risk, right? As compared to a retiree, if I'm going to retire next year, there's no way I want to subject my, my money to uh, such high volatility, right? Okay. So, well... But there are some specific cases where I think uh, young investors can actually consider bonds, right? I think I identified about three cases. So the mm. first one, right, would be if uh, the, the investor, right, is, uh, is new to investing. So typically, um, I, I recall myself, right, when I was uh, younger, <laughs> right? Huh? Uh, Very young already, don't worry. When I was younger. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. Yeah, but I was actually looking around, right, hunting for different fixed deposits. Right, so I have a, a you know a, a sum of money and thinking where do I get higher yield, right? So I compared different uh, fixed deposits. So at that point in time, I wasn't even exposed to things like stocks or anything, right? Yeah. So fixed deposits was my only option. So I think for investors that are very new, not comfortable with volatility, right? Mm. Bonds would be a good stepping, well, uh, be a good step up, right, from fixed deposits. So. Some some uh, possibilities could be things like, you know, your Fraser retail bond, your SI retail mm. bond, Astria bonds. So this could give you coupons of like around 3%. So if, let's say comparing to a fixed deposit, it's maybe 1%. It, it is a good step up. Is it, it is even good 1% step up. now? Yeah, <laughs> maybe lower than that, right? Yeah, so, so it's a step up. Mm. So I think new investors should actually consider bonds before actually considering moving to more volatile investments like stocks. Okay. Then, of course, that brings me to the second group of people which are more conservative investors. Mm. So, these investors may not, they may be young uh, and based on rule of 110, right, technically, you can take that risk, right? But again, uh, you know, investing is like, is like eating, right? Different people have different preferences. Some people like, you okay. know, you know, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. <laughs> some people like very uh, heavy flavored food, right? Mm. Other people prefer it more plain, right? Mm. So if you don't like the volatility, I think bonds is something that you can really consider as compared to, you know, just putting it in a fixed deposit, right? It's not going to give you much. Mm. You might as well have it in a bond to give you a higher yield without exposing yourself to too much volatility. Mm. So okay. I think that's for more conservative investors. And I, I guess the last group uh, is very applicable for anybody. So typically, uh, if you are saving for short-term goals, like, uh, for example, if uh, you are a newly married couple, right, and then you have, uh, you know, you know that your PTO is coming up in mm. one year's time. So you need money for renovation. So, for example, if you saved up 40000 for renovation, right? So oh. the thing is that you, you have one year from now, you know, mm. it's going to come up one to one and a half years yeah. from now, right? Roughly. Uh, so then you, you'll be asking yourself like wh- where do I actually put this money right so you'll mm. go back to that, that situation where you'll be looking for fixed deposits right <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yes. yeah so so at this point in time a very good use of uh, this capital would be to invest into uh, you know quality bonds yeah so to, to give this, this money some yield during this uh, period of uh, mm. one year yeah so I think these are some of the the, the the cases where young investors should actually consider bonds yeah mm. How about yeah. you, Ding Chong, as a young investor yourself? Mm. Okay, sorry, not young, yeah, young adult yourself. Young, <laughs> <laughs> young investor as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I think touching on Yang Zhe's point, uh, I think, uh, especially for short-term goals, because previously we, we also talked about um, your, your uh, risk, risk appetite also. Mm. So, I think for like shorter, uh, short-term financial goals, right, your risk appetite cannot be too um, aggressive. Yeah. yeah. You have to be more conservative, conservative because like, 
uh, let's say you put like 40k of reno into into equities then the yeah. next year the, the <laughs> yeah. stock market deep yeah. tank then 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 you know you gotta lose maybe like 10 percent of, yeah. of of that money then mm. uh, then you have to delay everything yeah you know true. we have or to give wait up on for, some of your dreams yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like maybe you'll travel next year yeah. or yeah. whenever you can travel yeah so so i think f- uh, for investors starting out or wet or for younger investors that um, cannot stomach that uh, short-term volatility of uh, equities, I think bonds are, are suitable uh, for, for, for younger investors. Mm. Then um, I think it's also much easier to know the, the rate of return that you're getting into for, for mm. bonds because mm. um, equity is upside. Hmm. It, uh, yeah, potential upside. Potential upside, yeah. Upside, yeah. <laughs> yeah, potential upside. Yeah, yeah thanks but, for that. <laughs> yeah. And while... Well, no bonds you 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 when you are, you you get into it you you know um the real return you're getting it's easier to for you to manage and plan your mm. your, yeah. your future cash flows okay. in the future yeah. yeah yeah it's true it's true mm-hmm. um all right so i think you guys have made very valid points i think the the three pointers especially just now you know on on who they would be suitable for was very mm. good but now let's move into the next part um a lot of the times <laughs> To be realistic, right? Yeah. Bonds, especially your corporate bonds, can involve um, a very large amount of capital outlay. Um, and then this can also result in it, you know, being inaccessible for young adults because they may not have that much capital. So then it brings me to my next question. You know, how can we, how can young adults um, get get involved or get invested with bonds? You know, this, this group tends to have lower income, not all of them, um, but... I think if we just speak about it from a we generalize it yeah. you, know, you might tend to have lower income and you know they have to balance between enjoying um, the, the present and planning for the future you know avocado toast or, or, or HDB condo in the future yeah, yeah. so what, what are your thoughts on that? Well I, I you know I have uh, clients that uh, come to me after reading news on like you know new bond issues and all mm. then they are saying like wow this one gives 5% 6% no, it's, it's really good can I can I invest in, into, in, into this right but they get a shock the moment I tell them, you know, the minimum is $250,000, right? <laughs> so you're right that young adults, especially since we just started, you know, uh, a lot of young adults just started uh, their, their, their career, right? Mm. They don't have such a big capital outlay, right? Mm. Even if they have, uh, they shouldn't sink everything into one bond. Yes, yes, right? definitely. So I, I, I think that uh, uh, bonds, however, is not something that they, they, they should strike out entirely because there's actually a small group of bonds called retail bonds mm. so these bonds you can actually purchase it uh, at you know a thousand dollars five hundred dollars you can actually buy these bonds right i think earlier i mentioned things like freezer you know freezer bond the, the sia bond Astra, these are all retail bonds that typically you can actually buy it uh, with a thousand dollars and i i think um actually not all i mean in my experience right not all uh not all young uh, adults don't have capital. So yeah. the truth is that, they're right? They're not like us, they're not like us. <laughs> yeah, they're an exceptional group of people, right? Yes, they so, do exist. Yeah, so I, I think, right, when we look at bonds, right, mm. uh, look at, back to the, the, the first question that you asked, asked right, about portfolio allocation, uh, I, I guess the other portion that we have to consider is also the nature of the, the individual's job or business. So I'm saying this because I have clients that um, they're actually very high income earners. So these are very... Uh, successful young people mm. that run their own businesses, right? Mm. So it could be like tuition centers, etc., right? E-commerce businesses. They, they make a lot of money every year. So the nature of their business is volatile, right? Because, uh, you, you know, COVID 
causes some business to, you know, some people to become millionaire and some businesses to go bust. Mm. So being in business creates this volatility in their life already. So for such high income earners with very volatile business, right, they can actually balance it by having an investment that is more uh, steady. So meaning that let's say today I, I make a lot of money from my business but it's volatile. Instead of investing this spare cash I have into equities, uh, I actually invest in bonds, right? Because the equities portion typically is, uh, technically is my, is my business, uh, mm. right? So in that sense, you, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a very good perspective. Um, sometimes, yeah, when we look at investments, you might just be thinking, oh, this is my investment portfolio. You know, I've got like equities and stocks and stuff. But I guess, it, yeah, that could be a bit more um, myopic lah, because we would then have to consider our overall financial situation as well, you know, like what yeah. our job entails. So I think, you know, that was a very good way to put things into perspective. Mm. Ting Chong, what, what about you? What do you think? Mm, uh, so I've, I think, yeah, usually uh, bonds need uh, require a large capital outlay. Mm. Yeah, but uh, we cannot forget the uh, Singapore savings bond and also the government bonds as well. So uh, these uh, are all backed by the government. So it's uh, safer. For, so for investors who want to, I guess, start off um, slowly, um, not risking too much, then yeah, these, these are the bonds that are more uh, reliable, uh, like, like more safer. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah. So the Singapore Government Securities and the SSBs, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, they, most, 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 most of us sorry, in Singapore would have heard of them um, I get the feeling from what you mentioned just now, they are pretty good starter bonds to begin with. Uh, I think they are, re- they are really good starter bonds to start off with because um, the outlay is re- really um, low. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so I think a lot of people like get confused why is uh, SSB, why is SGS, what's yeah. the difference, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So uh, I think the similar part is they are both backed by the Singapore government. So mm-hmm. I guess um, it's risk-free la, in the sense that, um, I mean, the government can just uh, print money if they cannot pay the back the bonds, right? It's as risk free as yeah. it can get. Yeah, it yes. can get, yes. yes. But not, nothing, nothing, it, nothing, yeah. yes, yeah. Disclaimer, yeah. nothing is risk free, yeah. but yeah. as close as yes, it can as, get. Really, as close, yeah. yes. For Singapore investors, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So um, I think the key difference is between uh, those two is uh, the SGS has a fixed interest rate. So, uh, uh, and maturity is from six months to 30 years. Mm. Uh, while SSB has a 10 year maturity and the uh, uh, interest rate increases every year. So it, there's a step up. So uh, depending on how you want your portfolio to be, uh, you can uh, sort of tailor that lah. If you if you want more of a fixed uh, coupon payment. So so we've got your SGS, your SSBs, and uh, Yang Chun mentioned just now we got the retail bonds as yes. well. So these are bonds that um, that retail investors can young investors, young adults can look at um, to get started with, right? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I myself when I first started. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I also bought into SSB, <laughs> oh. but I can't remember exactly when that was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you mentioned, it, it's just an easy entry point for investors. Yes, 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 yeah. Yes. So moving into the next thing, um, COVID nineteen, everyone's favorite topic nowadays. You know, it has resulted in a lot of uh, market volatility, a lot of uncertainty. So, what advice do you guys have for young adults who want to invest in bonds? You know, any any hmm. pointers that they should look out for? Well, I I think for starters, right. Um, for newer investors, uh, it will be better to go for investment-grade bonds. So typically, when you look for, for bonds, right, uh, one of the key things that we look at is, of course, every investor looks at the yield, right? The mm-hmm. higher the yield, the higher the coupon, the better. <laughs> but for new investors, I guess one very important thing that we have to look at is uh, the credit rating of each uh, 
spawn, right? Mm-hmm. So typically, if you're a new investor, you are you are you are new to this game. It's better to go for the higher grading ones, mm. right? Uh, so I, I guess another thing that they can consider uh, uh, another consideration because of the current uh, situation, right? COVID nineteen situation is to avoid bonds that are you know affected by COVID nineteen, right? It could be uh, hospitality related, um, or you know e- even more recently, right? Uh, things that are related to <laughs> Real estate, <laughs> yeah. Hey. So I think, well, I I think for that, I mean, for younger investors, um, these are things that they want to avoid. But then mm-hmm. again, if uh, you know, we 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 should not generalize that you know every young investor is new to investing, right? Yeah. It may not be the case. Yeah. It can be a young investor, but they can be very experienced. So Correct. for those that are more aggressive, yeah, then I think that's where you look into the more uh, interesting sectors like mm-hmm. China real estate where you could possibly find some value over there. So yeah. it really depends on, you have to understand which, uh, what type of investor you are. Yeah. And also do your due diligence yes, uh, correct, on the correct. bonds that you're buying. Yeah. Mm. So another perspective that uh, I would consider is also the uh, macroeconomic uh, mm. the mm. environment la, yes. yeah, that we're in. So like, um, especially with like uh, future interest rate high, you know, so, so I think all these also will affect your, your bond yields, your bond prices as well. So um, when did you guys start investing in bonds, actually? You know, if time could rewind, would you do this earlier? Well, I, I think I shared earlier, right, that unfortunately, uh, I, I, at the moment, right, mm. I don't hold any bonds. Okay. And the thing is that if time could rewind, I would have invested more in bonds. So uh, w- the reason I'm saying this, right, is I belong to the class of that uh, young investors when, when I just started working, right? That's like, Okay, not yeah. That I'm I'm actually not as young as I look lah. So you know when I just started working like ten plus years ago, that's a secret. That's why you find out. Yeah, so ten plus years ago, right? So I was saving for my first property. So okay. I was that. I was actually describing my own situation, right? I was the one that's looking for the fixed deposits, mm. right? So so if I had known about bonds at that point in time, I would have put in bonds. Right, you, you you just think about it, right? Forty thousand dollars, three percent. How much is that? Four hundred times three. That's about one thousand two okay. a year. So if I just put it in a bank, I get one percent. That's four hundred dollars, right? <laughs> After I renovate, I have four forty thousand and four hundred dollars for my renovation. But if I put it in a bond, I have thousand two, right? So mm. like, why not? I mean, it's not a huge amount of, of cash, but for a new, uh, for a young adult who just started working, right? Thousand two is very good cash flow for me. So if I were to, you know. Go back in time, I think that would be something that I would do differently. Mm-hmm. And actually, at this point in time, I'm also uh, considering some things like uh, I always advocate that, you know, uh, I'm someone who is a, I'm an equities person, right? So, uh, you know, it's interesting because this is a porn podcast, <laughs> yeah, but I'm an equities person, right? So, um, I have all my investments in equities. Uh, that, that's the truth, right? Uh, but at this point in time, uh, I, I'm actually thinking of channeling some of what we call the emergency uh, funds mm. into bonds. Okay. Yeah, a portion of it. Because I always advocate having like six, at least six months of at least uh, six months of your uh, and monthly expenses, right, as a, as a safety net, right? Okay. But the thing is that after many years, right, I realize it's just sitting there and, you know, growing more, right? So um, I, I think what could, I could better use this money by allocating maybe like 20, 30% of it to bonds. Yeah. So I think that's what I would likely uh, be looking at. Yeah, I'll be looking at in in the very very near future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Teng Chong, what about you? Um, 
Yeah, I'm also an equities person. <laughs> I invited the wrong people to this <laughs> no, no, discussion. But, but uh, yeah, I used to have uh, bond uh, ETFs. Yeah, uh, I used to. La, then uh, I sold it off. Yeah, so uh, I used to include bonds into my portfolio as well. But uh, because I, I was thinking about it, I was thinking like, uh, same thing, all like uh, I was, I'm still young. So there's a lot of runway for me to... to uh, to uh, for me to risk uh. mm. yeah so but um that that, that doesn't mean that uh, i won't get into bonds uh in the future yeah so i i mean when you bto uh, uh buy maybe, a house. maybe a bit older la. maybe yeah. like um how young are you <laughs> i mean i mean get into bonds like maybe like 50 60 you know go, like then they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. provide a more safer safer return because because when you're that yeah. old you, you cannot risk so much yeah. money you want to lock in all your profits yes. right yeah. all equities mm-hmm. you actually shift them to bonds mm. all your hard earned money you know you work yeah. so hard you know yeah. Okay, yeah. but that's one perspective the other perspective is what you mentioned earlier so like yeah. 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 your short term goals yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah okay great mm. alright guys so um, before we go just one last question any last words for our young investors out there uh well I, I guess the the key thing is uh don't be greedy invest <laughs> in what you understand right everyone okay. wants high yield but uh you have to understand what is the amount of risk and volatility that you can accept mm. before investing don't for more la, yes, yes, yeah. right. especially during a time like this you know yeah. it is yeah where markets are very volatile mm. yeah uh, what about you yeah. oh, was that, was you that your last word no no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> just adding on um i guess for me it's uh the hardest step is taking the first step la, in Whoa. investing. <laughs> no, because, yeah, it's true. Because, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, when I started off, I was like very, it's very daunting. There's a lot yeah. of things mm, to take true. in. Yeah, so I was very overwhelmed. I was like, wow, then um, I guess it's okay to make mistakes as well. Because uh, I mean, we all try to be perfect in our investing, you know. But uh, yeah, just slowly learn. La. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. I remember when I first mm. tried to open the first brokerage account, then they do things like W A band form. Yeah. It's like what are those then, forms? Then I don't even scared, know. Right? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's so daunting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, after it's okay already. Yeah, yeah. after yeah. once you start, right, I think I think yeah, it's, it's the best step lah to take. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, well, this episode was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Sarah Chia, and our guest speakers with us today are Ko Yang Zhi, Team Director, Investment Advisory at IFAS Global Markets, and Lim Teng Chong with the Bond Supermart team at IFAS Singapore. Follow Bond Supermart on Twitter, Facebook, and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates, and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website, bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.